I'll leave you with a uh, a scripture, uh, a scripture that is actually kind of like the backbone and foundation behind everything I do, and that is Ephesians two ten, where well in some versions it says workmanship, but I like the version where it says masterpiece. For we are God's masterpiece, created for created for good things uh, beforehand, meaning that He has called us to do great things before we were even born and and obviously before we were even born he kind of knew whatever situation we were going to grow up in whatever situation we were going to come to live in in later parts of our life um he sees whatever brokenness may be in us whatever parts of us may still need to be healed whatever emotions we struggle with and He's able to use that to make something beautiful, to make something grand and marvelous, more than we could ever imagine. And that is also the reason why I call my podcast Kintsugi. Kintsugi is a Japanese art form where they take uh, broken broken vessels, like a vase, plate, uh, a cup, and they put it back together with melted gold. And the philosophy behind that is that before this piece of art was broken, it was beautiful. But even in its brokenness, it's still beautiful. And so that's what I want to leave you with that. It's like broken, your brokenness, your what you call your imperfections, what you call things that you're not too good at. God is able to use that and make it into beautiful things. Like you are beautiful how you are now. And God is able to use that to make even more beautiful things. Do you need encouragement to turn tragedies into your own triumphant life story? If so, this podcast is for you. Listen to powerful guests who have persevered through challenges so you can gain strength to build your championship life. The host of Professor of Perseverance podcast, Dr. James Perdue. Hey, welcome back here to the. Uh, let me push this button, push this button, push this button, and that button. What about that button? Are we going to do anything on this button? Oh, uh, what are we doing? Well, let's see if we edit and then let's say here. Can we do this? I think we're live on Facebook, but I don't know if we're live everywhere else. So on mm. YouTube. YouTube, try one more time. And Soroya, how are you doing today? I'm while I'm, doing while I'm well. goofing around over here. <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you? Let's doing see what today? it says me to do here. Uh, it says remove you. Then let's go back and add it. And now let's go back and save it. And let's see. Hopefully, we'll be live on this thing called YouTube. I know we're on Facebook. Now, ah, there we are. Soroya. Hey, we're glad you're here. So, <laughs> well, I'm glad you you are already here. It just this uh, technology is great when it's working, huh? Uh, yeah, it, it it has its days. It has its days. <laughs> That's right. So, uh, let me go ahead and get this introduction right now. And then, um, so today on our show, we have a woman that uh, says at the age of five uh, had experienced all type of trauma, abuse of all kinds, and uh, multiple suicide attempts. All right. Now, we're glad that uh, God has a plan for her. She's still here. She said her uh, faith was challenged during all this. 
And now she wants to be the person to come to the advocate for mental health illness awareness for Christianity space. She wants to help those people do the best she can. Don't let them get lost down the rabbit hole like uh, she did. And again, for the ones that don't know, I had attempted suicide three times in three days as well. So this is a topic dear to my heart as well. So Soroya Brown, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate being here. Oh, no, no. Thank you again for being here. And I'm glad that you are here. I'm yes. glad that your attempts were failures. You know, not often we want people to be failures, but this is one topic where I'm glad you were a failure. Glad I was a failure. And <laughs> again, to know that God still has a plan for us and we may still be hunting for that plan sometimes, but we do the best we can move forward and use the experience to help other people. Amen. Yeah, that's all we can do. Amen, sister. Yeah. In this life that we live, um, the one thing that I try to remind myself of is that it's not about me. It's about the people that I can reach, like for the glory of God, of course. So I always try to remind myself of that every day. Amen, sister. Yeah, you know, it's uh, we as humans, we get into this battle every now and again and some some people daily like you said with the mental health issues that mm-hmm. um you know we don't know why we're here we can't understand why we're here we think we understand but then it's not what it turns out to be and then we just fight this battle are we really here to help people are we really here for others are we really here for ourselves and then again for the ones that are higher god knows that it's a uh, different reasoning mm-hmm yeah. Um, yeah. When it comes to like, well, for those that don't know already, like mental health issues are very common, much more common than people think. Um, I believe the statistic for depression is that like at least uh, a million people like um, in the year, like every year get diagnosed with depression um, is the most common mental illness that is out there. I myself was diagnosed with depression, anxiety, and um, borderline personality disorder. Pretty much what that is, is that I feel emotions very strongly. Um, and they come to me very quickly, and it doesn't give me enough time to process them. So I go through very, like, very heavy mood swings. Um, and then other things that are related to depression, anxiety, like, uh, low energy. I either have no appetite or I have a very strong appetite. I either don't sleep or I sleep a lot. Um, but uh, yeah, for me, I find it important to advocate for that, especially in the Christian space, because I feel that there is still a lot of stigma that is attached to it. Um, a lot of this very super religious, uh, super spiritual outlook on it. And it's not to say that, um, well, what I want to say is that there is spiritual things that could be connected to mental illness, but that's not the only thing. Like there's things like people growing up in a traumatic environment. Uh, they went through a traumatic event, such like a divorce can be a traumatic event. Losing mm-hmm. a job that you have for 20 years could be a traumatic event. Losing a loved one could be a very traumatic event for somebody. Um, going through 
any type of abuse, verbal abuse, physical, sexual, emotional, psychological abuse. Um, having a chemical imbalance in your brain is another factor that can experience mental health issues. So it's not just the spiritual. Um, even though the spiritual can be a factor, it's not just the spiritual. And I feel like that's still a problem that um, that a lot of Christians have with the with the their outlook when it comes to mental health. And I want to be the one to just share my story, share my experiences, and um, and allow others to know that there is a safe space for them to be able to be like, hey, like. I'm a Christian and yes, I go through mental health issues, but that doesn't mean that I don't love God. Doesn't mean that I don't have faith in God and I go to therapy and I may have to take medication for it, but that doesn't make me less of a Christian or less of a human being than you are. Amen. That's correct. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm with you that I would, I would imagine that it's more than a million people a uh, yearly would ever get diagnosed with uh, some type of mental illness. I mean, because again, it's you're talking uh, depression, bipolar, schizophrenic. I mean, whatever on oh, the uh, spectrum that's that's there, okay. And just the regular, just uh, being emotional, you know, mm-hmm. could drive you into to this uh, mental mental state. And so, I, yeah, I'm with you. That that's that's a huge number of people that have been formally diagnosed and coming into future. Diagnosed, and I would think that some, or maybe most, or all, experience this mental illness. It's just how bad do you go down the rabbit hole before getting help, or how mm-hmm. bad, you know, that you need assistance. So, yeah, it, it it's a very, very, extremely huge problem in our society, and the stigma that follows with it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and. For for me, I didn't get diagnosed with depression and anxiety until 2016. And then um, getting like therapy and medication for that throughout the years up until I want to say 2019, 2019, 2020. Um, I just found that like it wasn't really helping me. Well, medication wise and also therapy, too. And then I started to question that. I was like, maybe this is more than depression and anxiety because I'm experiencing things that are not really connected to this. And it's like, nothing seems to be getting better. If anything, things seem to be getting worse. And so Mm -hmm. I took the initiative of seeking out a different psychiatrist who she's still my uh, psychiatrist now. And I asked to get a a screening done. Screening pretty much is um, they ask you a set of questions and they kind of test you for the the other different types of mental illnesses, disorders that are out there. And so she definitely agreed with me that it was definitely more than depression and anxiety that I was dealing with. And so we first narrowed it down between bipolar disorder and borderline personality disorder. Now, mm-hmm. those two disorders are actually very similar in their symptoms. They literally have the same symptoms. But what makes them different is like the the frequency of like of how much the the symptoms affect the person so for bpd like for me i go through these symptoms like very frequently like 
like my mood swings will hit me like multiple times a day. I'll experience manic episodes, like probably two to three of them throughout a day. While someone with bipolar disorder, it'll hit them like throughout the week. So it's like a slower time frame for them, but mm. it still hits them the same. And yes. so I'm thankful that I did take the initiative to see the psychiatrist to like to get an answer to the questions of like, why do I feel like I'm getting worse? I'm dealing with this and this on top of this. And so I encourage people out there that if you truly feel that you are dealing with something that is a bit out of your control, you're noticing things emotionally, mentally about yourself that you know aren't quite right or you know doesn't make you feel right about yourself, go seek professional help. And no one should shame you in seeking help for anything that has to do with your mental. And even if you don't have a disorder, mental illness, you can still seek a therapist because therapy has a lot of great benefits. Like Mm -hmm. therapy helps you to organize your thoughts. Therapy helps you to set goals for yourself. Therapy helps you to better your relationship with yourself, like your relationship with your romantic partner, work relationships, friendships. Therapy is not just for people who are mentally ill or have something wrong with them. Therapy is for everybody. Amen. Yeah. I I try to explain it to you like this. When When I attempted my suicide, I grew up in the era where boys don't cry. They have to be tough. You don't talk about your problems. You just move on. Okay. And finally, this stuff bottled up, you know, caused me to lash out. Okay. Mm. And so what I tell people is uh, what I've learned from therapy, from therapy then, what I've learned is we go to a gym to lift weights and exercise our body. We run to get in condition. We watch what we eat nutrients-wise and everything. This is no different than when you speak with a therapist, a preacher, a best friend, a mentor, a coach, someone you can trust out there. Uh, it's no difference than exercising your mind and exercising your brain, uh, your uh, body the way the whole package will be in physical fit condition best as possible. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, because if... If we, if like society puts pressure on people to like go to the doctor, they have a migraine, they have a broken bone, then the same pressure should be applied if someone is experiencing overwhelming thoughts about anything or they feel like they can't get a hold of their emotions. Like the same pressure should be applied like, oh, like maybe you should consider like going to a therapist, a counselor. Um, And then, uh, if that is helpful for them, they're like, maybe you should consider going on medication. Like, just because with mental illness, you can't see it doesn't mean that it isn't something that can affect someone to the point where they can't live their life the way that they want to. Um, Hmm. Because for me, when I was first diagnosed with depression, um, it, it was like high impact. Um, But now I can say that it's like, it doesn't hit me as hard. Like I'm considered like kind of high functioning, a high functioning Mm -hmm. person with depression, meaning that I can still work. I can still go outside, but even in work or even like going outside, hanging out with friends, even going to church, I'll still get hit with waves of depression. I'll still get hit with waves of like feeling empty, feeling lonely while I'm still able to do like everyday things. 
But then there's people out there that's like they can't do everything things like to the point where they struggle just getting up out of bed. Oh, yes. They struggle with cleaning their house. They struggle with showering. They struggle with brushing mm-hmm. their teeth. They struggle with um, with texting people back, calling people back. Like they'll have like 50, 100 missed calls, text messages on their phone. Um it's it's like the same symptoms, but then people can be affected by it very differently. Yep, and I like uh, like we said earlier that um, when you said you were seeking counseling therapy just to feel it was working, and then you end up getting a second one, and you know I strongly encourage people get the second opinion if you feel it's not working. Uh, don't be don't be ashamed if it's not working. It just their method of teaching and helping is was not for you. Mm-hmm. And so seek for another one that it's, you feel is a better fit for you and go from there. So, and, and same thing with the medicine. Don't be afraid to ask and get second opinions from your doctor and another one to make sure this is the right stuff for you. Mm-hmm. Yes. And when it comes to medication for people that probably aren't aware of this um, medication for mental illness aside from medication for like a migraine or like pain medication is very different. Um, It is, it, it takes a lot of trial and error. So for me, I'm currently on like four different types of medication. They Mm -hmm. work for me somewhat well. Um, and so what? Cause every two weeks I meet with my psychiatrist, we talk about whether we should change the medication or we should like up the dosage, lower the dosage of the medication. And um, right now the medication is working somewhat well for me. And then it may get to a point where it's working excellent for me. And I don't know how long that's going to last. Mm-hmm. And then there may be a point where it's like, oh, the medication isn't working for me anymore. And I have to switch to a new one. And That's the reality of people with mental illness uh, or disorders that um, we kind of have to to live with that reality that is like we're going to go through quite a bit of different medications throughout how long the treatment is going well for us. Um, And it, it can be a bit frustrating because when it comes to like the science part of it, they're still figuring out a whole bunch of things. They're still discovering new oh, yeah. things. Um, want to know the uh, wire, the wiring in your brain, why it's causing all this, the chemical mm-hmm. imbalances that are different. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And like, I can meet another person that has the same diagnosis as me and they could be on a totally different uh, medicine regimen than me um, because our brains just so happen to be working differently. Like we got the same diagnosis, but the the symptoms of that diagnosis can hit us differently. So yeah, that's the reality when it comes to like the medicine uh, part of it that a lot of people, when I tell people this, they're like, oh, like I didn't know it was like that. And I'm like, yeah, that's like the the reality of it. Yep. And with the medicine, uh, my understanding is you've got to be, you need to be very patient uh, with it because it could take a month before everything really starts kicking in with the medicine. As again, mm-hmm. they're trying to find the right level uh, enough or not enough and to, to get the correct dosage that's helping you. And so people have got to learn to be patients when they're going through this 
uh, at the beginning as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, sorry. No. What were you going to say? No. What I, well, then I was going to just say, you know, I, I've got this other friend and he's uh, diagnosed as a paranoid schizophrenic. And he's one of them while he's on his medicine. He's a good old boy. Do anything for anybody to help and everything like that. Good old boy. But then he gets to going, why am I taking these pills? I'm I'm normal. And mm. then because the paranoid schizophrenic, he'll get off his pills. And we try to tell him, you're feeling normal because you're on your medication. Well, he gets off of them because he's feeling normal. And then he's off of them for a couple of weeks. Now he's getting into mischief, gets into trouble, goes to jail, and they have to restart all his medication again. So, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's the thing is um, I think it's good to be a, to self-diagnose and self-doctoring, but there's a limit where you need to know, realize what you're doing is destroying more than helping. Yeah, um, that is something that I had to learn for myself that uh, – like how you said, like it takes about a month for the medication to actually kick in. Mm -hmm. So when I first started taking, like in the beginning, beginning of like me just taking medication for depression, anxiety, I was taking it for about a month and I had that feeling of just like, oh, like I feel great. Um, But then um, I unfortunately experienced very bad side effects. uh, One of them actually being increased suicidal thoughts and when I told my doctor that they're like okay we're going to take you off this medication immediately mm-hmm. um, and um, I experienced like fluctuating weight gain weight loss um, brain fog uh, mm-hmm. I lost a bit of memory actually which kind of which not even kind of it sucks that I lost some of my memory mm-hmm. um and then uh, I got switched to well, the first medication I took was Celexa. That was the medication I got taken off because it increased my suicidal thoughts. And then I got put on Wellbutrin. And that one didn't even do anything for me, good or bad. It's like I just stayed the same. Like there was no progress, there was no going mm-hmm. up, going down. I just stayed the same. And so then I got taken off of that one. That was like 2018. Then I didn't get back on any medication at all until like 2019, 2020. Um, And now I'm taking a medication that I take now. And um, yeah, the the side effects of it do kind of hit hard, where it's like the brain fog, the feeling tired all the time, migraines, Mm -hmm. um, weight gain, and then with my psychiatrist, I appreciate that she is careful with the, the medication that she wants to give me because there is very strong medication out there that it has even worse side effects. And she doesn't oh, yeah. want me to have to, to go through that. And um, for psychiatrists out there, that's like, I don't think people realize how hard of a job that they actually um, have because not only do they have to be able to be in tune with what their like client patient needs. They also need to be careful in the medication that they give to their client and then make sure that they're getting the right dose, make sure that it's like helping them with the actual symptoms that they need help with and, and things like that. 
Yes, I can see it being a tough, tough road to go uh, with this uh, mental illness. Fortunately, I was on medicine earlier, and then I've, I'm not on it since then, and uh, for me. But again, for everybody else, follow your doctor's regiment, and then it's not, again, the worst thing in the world to question them, second opinion it, uh, to get because, again, it's your body. You need to be able to express what the medicine making you feel like and whether you need to try something different or not. Again, but it's up to you and your physician to make those decisions. And anyone else, a uh, suicide prevention hotline is uh, 800-273-8255. Again, 800-273-8255. If you ever get in that predicament in that rabbit hole where you think life is not worth living, be sure to reach out to someone. Lie to them about your name if you don't want them to try to hunt you down. It's okay. Mm -hmm. But be honest about what you're going through so they can help you. So, mm -hmm. all right. Um, now, let me ask this question here, Soya. That, um, mm -hmm. how old were you when you attempted suicide? The, uh, we, you don't have to go through, you said multiples. You don't have to go through for all of them. But the first time you attempted, and do you have a rationale why you thought that you needed to? Mm -hmm. So, the, First time I attempted suicide, I was I was in middle school, so mm -hmm. I was between the ages of twelve and fourteen. Um, I wanted I want to say I was I was yeah I was twelve. Mm -hmm. um, I was twelve when I first uh, did my first uh, suicidal uh, act. Well, try mm -hmm. to do my first suicidal act. Um, and uh, what I first tried to do was take a whole bunch of my mother's pills. Uh, she had pills for just about everything because she was dealing with a whole bunch of health issues. She had like blood pressure pills, mm -hmm. uh, arthritis pills. She had um, pills for um, what is this steroid type pills? Just pills for everything. Oh yeah. And so I just remember um, going into uh, her drawer and I looked at every single bottle. I, I didn't know what half of them was. And mm -hmm. I just took, I took like a handful of like each bottle. I want to say it's probably about like eight different bottles of pills. I took like a handful of like each one. I just mixed it up all together and I swallowed it um, with water. I didn't eat nothing. Mm -hmm. And... Um, what had happened was that I just got this feeling of being really high, like if I had smoked some weed. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember that night I didn't sleep at all. And mind you, I had to go to school the next day because I was in I was in middle school at the time. Um, so yeah, that is what happened. And the my mindset at the time, well, to kind of give a bit of a backstory, I. I knew that there was something wrong with me, mm -hmm. but at that time, even at that age, I didn't know what depression was. Yes. I didn't I didn't really know what depression was until I got diagnosed with it um, in 2016. Mm -hmm. But at that time, uh, there was there was a lot going on in my household. There was a lot of dysfunction. Um, and around that time, my grandmother had recently passed. Um 
and that was the first family death that I had experienced. Uh, it it hurt me that bad to why I didn't go to the funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and also around that time, I was getting bullied. In uh, uh, okay, so um, so all those different things just added on to this. It just piles up. Yeah, it just piled up and and. I already had a feeling of like not liking myself, not thinking that I was the best person. That it's like I felt like mm-hmm. I had to put extra effort into everything that I did. It was a lot of pressure put on me to be good in school. Um, there was a lot of pressure on me to just be a good person in general. I had to grow up very quickly. I uh-huh. didn't have a childhood where it's like I can fully act like a child, and then if I did act like a child, I would get in trouble. Mm-hmm. So I had to act older than my age. Um, so yeah, all those things just piled up and I just, I got, I got tired of it. And it's like, it's like at that age, it's like kind of like where kids are just discovering of what that is. I already knew what suicide was Mm -hmm. from watching TV, from watching movies, from hearing stories about it. So I kind of already knew what to do and I was like, oh, I could do this. Cause I saw someone do it on yeah. TV, and so that was that was my um, my mindset. Uh, oh yeah, that happened. You feel like you had uh, at the time you said that you know some things you didn't like about yourself and things and the pressure. Do you think that um, what may have been a key beginner is maybe had low self esteem, low confidence in yourself? Absolutely. Um, what didn't help was uh, the fact that I was bullied for my appearance. Yeah, yes. For no reason, because like it's like the bullying just started out of nowhere. Um, I mean, even to this day, like it's there is times where I just want to ask, like, why, like, why yeah. did you, why did you make fun of the fact that I was the tallest girl in the class, that I was like, a bit on the heavier side. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, my my mother didn't help either because uh, I was I was I was heavy set as a child. Um, she was very adamant about me, like of like of what I ate, how much I ate. Um, mm-hmm. It was to the point where she signed me up for Weight Watchers at that young age of me being like twelve, thirteen. Mm-hmm. And in the first week, I lost ten pounds, and uh, which is not it's not healthy for people. To no, it's not. Not, not one week. Um, yeah. Um, what is it that that she had me drink like Slim Fast, and to the point where I caught her putting like dietary supplements in my food, which she would make oh, in her. Like yeah. I caught her putting it in my plate, and. I know people are probably wondering why I didn't stop her from doing that. I couldn't. I'm, I was, well, you're 12 I was, years old. I'm only 12, 13 yeah. years old, and she's my mom. Exactly. And, and, like, if I were to even dare to try to speak up against her about that, she would turn it around, put it on me, and then be like, well, if you weren't so fat, if you didn't stop eating so much, then I wouldn't have to, to do this. She would turn around and make me the blame for it. So, yes. like when I caught her doing that, I, I didn't say anything about it. I just kept it a secret to myself. 
But again, so yeah, yeah but would. again, you're you're supposed to listen to your mom and dad. And twelve years old, twelve years old is different than twenty two years old and thirty two years old, where mm-hmm. you uh, where you can be, you know, have an adult conversation and talk. You're supposed to be respectful to mom and dad growing up and listen to mom and dad growing up. Yep. So yeah, I understand that totally. What you're saying, well, Soroy, I'm telling you right now, I'm glad you do. You're here. I'm glad again that you were a failure at those attempts. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm glad I was a failure at my attempts. So, um, uh, but uh, yes, I believe that you can be a big mentor for someone else that's looking for a way out. That you can help them get out of that and and break that stigma of mental illness. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, and to think that, uh, because God had put in my heart in like 2016, or maybe even 2015, um, to do like what I'm doing now. And like the 2016 was like the start of like just me struggling with my mental health and then getting the diagnosis, me being on the journey that I am now to be more mentally healthy. Um, and I was a bit scared to do it because it's like I didn't know how it would turn out, didn't know how it would look. But now I have a um, a mental health awareness page on Instagram, mm-hmm. and now I have a, a podcast um, where I can talk about these issues and I get to have conversations with people with those sharing their stories. Um, and yeah, that like how I said before, that it's like it's not about me it's about like people who may be in the same situation that I am currently or they dealt with it in the past and it still hurts them now Mm -hmm. to know that there is that there is hope for you that like whether you have like a a diagnosis or not that it's like you can you can deal with whatever struggle you're dealing with and then still be like a Christian like you can still have faith in God, you can still have a strong relationship with God and God can be with you throughout whatever throughout whatever you're um you're dealing with. And I'm glad you took that leap of faith to find out what would happen if I started standing up and helping others, the uncertainty, but you took that leap of faith to be able to do what you're doing today. So hey uh, go ahead Saroy tell us um your webpage and any other social media, how people can find you if the case they want to talk to you. Of course. Um, so my mental health awareness page is called A underscore unique underscore vessel. Um, that's the Instagram page. And then the my podcast is called Kintsugi Talks. It's spelled K-I-N-T-S-U-G-I Talks. Um, it is on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and also on Anchor. Uh, there's an Instagram page for that as well. It is Kintsugi Talks Pod. Um, also, YouTube channel for that for when I do uh, like visual in in person or Zoom interviews at this point with other people. There's a YouTube channel for that as well, and it's the same name, Kintsugi Talks Podcast. Um, and if you want to follow my personal page, it is Soroya underscore the underscore vessel. It's S A R O Y A in case. People don't know how to spell my name. Um, yeah, that is all the, the social media that you can find me and reach me at. And I'll get uh, a lot of these links and put in the show notes here to make it easier for people to click on them and get to you. So 
Wow, you have been a blessing here this morning, uh, showing me to, again, whenever I get down and out, and this still happens with me, that mm -hmm. um, you give me a way to uh, think about a little different to move forward in today's life. So, hey, Sarug, you know, we know there's other people hurting and struggling. And if you can leave us with a positive message that could help them get through today, that'd be a blessing. Mm, yes. Um, I'll leave you with a, uh, a scripture, uh, a scripture that is actually kind of like the backbone and foundation behind everything I do. And that is Ephesians 2.10. Where well, in some versions it says workmanship, but I like the version where it says masterpiece. For we are God's masterpiece, created for created for good things uh, beforehand, meaning that He has called us to do great things before we were even born, and and obviously before we were even born, He kind of knew whatever situation we were gonna grow up in, whatever situation we were gonna come to live in in later parts of my life um he sees whatever brokenness may be in us whatever parts of us may still need to be healed whatever emotions we struggle with and he's able to use that to make something beautiful to make something grand and marvelous more than we could ever imagine and that is also the reason why i call my podcast kintsugi Kintsugi is a Japanese art form where they take uh, broken broken vessels like a vase, plate, uh, a cup, and they put it back together with melted gold. And the philosophy behind that is that before this piece of art was broken, it was beautiful. But even in its brokenness, it's still beautiful. And so that's what I want to leave you with that. It's like broken, your brokenness, your what you call your imperfections, what you call things that you're not too good at. God is able to use that and make it into beautiful things. Like you are beautiful how you are now, and God is able to use that to make even more beautiful things. Amen, sister. We are a unique, individually molded, painted, put together, work of art, masterpiece, as you just said in scripture. Uh, so, Soroya, man, you've been a blessing to me being here today, and I really, really hope in the uh, future you're going to uh, really help out a bunch of people, and you know what? I know you're going to, and so I appreciate mm -hmm. you being here. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on this platform that you have. I know that with what you talk about, and it'll just help so many people, so the fact that I get to be on here to help aid in what you're already doing, it's, a, it's an honor, really. Yes, ma'am. And you take care and you stay a blessing to others. And for everyone else, hey, you're feeling a little down and out today. Listen to Sorora give her testimony and give her some some advice. Be sure to share it with someone else you know that can use this. Hey, I'm Dr. James mm -hmm. Purdue, the Professor of Perseverance. Thank you for listening to the Professor of Perseverance podcast. Do something today, tomorrow, something next week that's going to help you persevere past your paralysis. Thanks for listening to the Professor of Perseverance podcast. For motivation, inspiration, and encouragement. 
For more information, go to Facebook at Professor of Perseverance. Visit the website at ProfessorofPerseverance.com and view the YouTube channel, Dr. James Perdue, Professor of Perseverance.